0: Hey guys, just a quick disclosure before listening to this episode. We recorded on Wednesday night. It is currently Sunday afternoon. I'm just about to finish editing this and then posting it on SoundCloud. Um, A couple things have happened since we recorded. First is... We did get commitments from Malcolm Flags and Duke Brennan from ASU. So that's going to be an awesome thing for the Lopes to have a couple of people coming in from the transfer portal. And then the other one is we did officially sign Tyon Grant Foster. Um, he was He's the one that we're going to be talking about here later in the episode. He was the number one JUCO recruit in like 2019, um, played at Kansas and then at DePaul. Had some some health issues, but he'll be coming into GCU with with two years of eligibility, I believe. And then the last thing is Chance McMillan did commit to Texas Tech. So sorry to spoil the conversation a little bit later, but we did want you to make sure that we knew that um, everything that had gone on between recording and now. So thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this episode and lopes up. Good evening, lovely people. It is Thursday, April 20th. College basketball concluded a little over two weeks ago as the Yukon Huskies cruised to their fifth national title at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas, defeating the Aztecs of San Diego State 76-59. With no college ball until late October, we are left feeling a little empty. However, the dreaded transfer portal has been keeping us on our toes in the absence of gameplay. We are excited and happy to be back with you, discussing GCU basketball, the NCAA tournament, and all things in between. Thank you for tuning in as a new episode of Win the Wack 2.0 starts now. Bowman for three, GCU back on top. Lava pipe, Kobe knocks in the jam. (laughs) Oh no, Harrison with another three. It punch, it punch. You see that? all right zach let's get right into it where do you fall in the demontis Sabonis draymond green situation um because <sighs> okay. honestly twitter has yeah. me boiling this is I, ridiculous I, I don't, i'm i don't like it's kind of nice... Okay, here's... My my personal take is this. I genuinely enjoy drama that doesn't involve my team. So, like, I'm amused... I'm I'm amused by kind of listening to it. I, I think that, like... I don't know. Like, it's hard to say. I guess, like... It seems to be, like, the narrative, obviously, is just, like, Draymond's a dirty player. Right? Like, that's the narrative. And, like, obviously, he got suspended a game. Uh, I don't... I don't know, really. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know how I feel. I, I think a suspension... I think him getting ejected, like okay, I guess I understand that. I think a one game suspension is a little crazy. Um, what? Why are you? Are you? Do you think like this sh- is bloody murder? Sabonis grabs his leg, bro. I don't know. Here, here's the thing. I'm not gonna go into the whole details about the leg grab and how he's actually just covering his face, all that stuff. Oh, you're so, yeah. Listen, okay. Listen, Understood. listen, Zach. You can say you know what, Connor, you're biased because Demontis Sabonis was a Gonzaga grad and all this mm-hmm. stuff and like whatnot. Here's the thing, Zach. I have been, and you can ask Austin Rowe this, <laughs> I have been a huge Draymond Green sympathizer throughout the years. Nuts kick, you know, dragging no. people's heads to the floor and all that. I Trust me, I know. Listen, yes, he's a dirty player. He's a dog, okay? Here's the thing, though. He did stomp on the dude's chest. There's no question about that. And everybody who's saying, like, oh, he just fell forward and kind of just accidentally stepped on his chest and all this stuff... That is, I have no words to describe how asinine that mindset is. It's ridiculous. And my brother and I argued about this for so long last night. I was like, dude, you cannot be serious right now. This is the most ridiculous rationale I've ever had or heard. So here's the thing, Zach. Yes, the suspension is completely necessary. That's my opinion on it. And I think all the Warriors fans that are, just crying about it are so delusional, bro. It's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. I genuinely don't have a take on this at all. Like I am not opinionated in any way about this. I I it's funny, I, I know that you're a Draymond supporter because I'm kind of a I'm kind of a notable Draymond hater. Like I kind of think Draymond's a scumbag. And seeing Draymond get suspended will always be amusing. He to is. Me. I've never yeah. said he isn't a scumbag. Okay. I, but so he's like, a I'm, dog. I, I kind of like Sabonis, and I'm kind of a Draymond hater. So, like, I him getting suspended for game three makes me giggle a little bit. Um, But, like, I, genuinely, I don't have an opinion on this at all. Like, seriously, uh, I don't know. I didn't watch the game live. I, I was at a tennis match. Uh, Nor did I. I. I saw, like, the clips on Twitter. But I feel like, okay, there's part of it, too, where, like, Watching the clip on Twitter doesn't do it justice. You know what I mean? Like when you watch something like that in real time and formulated opinion, it's different from like seeing 37 people being like LMAO Draymond just stomped. on You see that. And then you see like a (laughs) seven second slow motion clip of the video. That's like zoomed into like Draymond's foot. It's like, you don't like get a sense of like, Oh my gosh. Whereas like when you watch something like that in real time, I feel like you get a better understanding of like whether or not that's really crazy or not. And so I don't have that take because I saw like just, I don't know, Twitter videos. Zach, and you're totally right there. 100 percent And I'm gonna be honest too. I really don't care about the whole situation as a whole. What I care about is Warriors fans just being so insufferable about it. It's it's driving me nuts. And I've never I've never had anything against the Warriors. I do think they have you know the whole bandwagon situation going on there. They even beat my team in the finals last year. I haven't really cared about them. I hate the Lakers, right? I hate the Heat. So it's like I hate LeBron. But these Warriors fans are making me hate the Warriors now. Dude, that's completely understandable. Hey, uh, are you watching? uh, Guys, at the time of recording this, it's Wednesday night. Uh, The Nuggets and the Timberwolves are playing game two. Are you keeping an eye on this game? Why why would I, dude? That series was over. This game game is now tied. Because the game game is now tied. It's okay. The Timberwolves Uh have been eliminated from playoff contention. Dude. (laughs) Hey, listen. the The Timberwolves' last game of the regular season was so goofy that I genuinely think if like if, if there was like a basketball sitcom, like if there was like a basketball Ted Lasso type show, <laughs> and they made what actually happened to the Tim Timberwolves in Game 82, like they did that in the show, we would all stop watching and be like, that's stupid. That would never happen. Yeah, like right? that's how ridiculous like Gobert what was. It? it was like Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert getting a fight. And then Gobert like smacks him and gets suspended for the first play in game. And then Anderson on his way back <laughs> to the locker room punches the wall and breaks his hand. Just like so comically ridiculous <laughs> of like this franchise is in shambles, bro. Like they need oh Pat God. Bev ripping his jersey off to Aloe yeah, Black, bro. Yeah, hey, yeah. hey, speaking of Rudy Gobert, dude. I yeah. just saw a tweet. It was like it was it was the whole like, you know trade details of the Rudy Gobert trade with the Jazz or whatever and and this guy was like bro we can just send him to France for 12 baguettes this guy is worthless (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny dude the Rudy Gobert trade genuinely might go down as an all time bad trade I don't know if it's as bad as the Celtics Nets trade yeah you might be right there it it, it could be though I'm just a little biased on that one because that was a glorious trade I remember being right, really you young and not understanding the the ins and outs of NBA as a business. And I was like, oh, bro, they're sending away Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Oh, that stinks. Well, it turned out pretty decent. Regardless, Zach, are you ready for a questionable scenario? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Pick one. GCU <laughs> plays a stacked schedule next season. Toughest one they've ever played. Including trips to Big 12 territory and a matchup or two with New Mexico State. They beat the Aggies twice, but they scrape by the rest of the season, including conference play, finishing with 20 wins, yet finishing with a WAC tournament title. Or, GCU plays the easiest schedule of any team in the WAC, finishes undefeated in non-conference play, manages to win the WAC regular season title, but is not guaranteed a WAC tournament title. Which one are you going to go with? Basically what this is, is stress-free or hella stress. Well, actually, so here's, I guess like, here's the thing. And maybe like, this is its own conversation. If we go undefeated in the non-conference, even with a bad record and then get first place in the regular season whack, we genuinely might be in at-large territory. Like even even if we have really bad resume. even with a bad strength of schedule. So like, that's what, like 12, 13 wins plus another, like how many wins do you have to get to first place 13, 14. Uh, well, you're looking at two to three losses max to win the Yeah, you're, you're looking at, like title. you're looking at like an FAU type season. Yeah, Which like, I guess. I mean, like realistically, like you're looking at, you're looking at, at the end of the regular season, like 26, 27 and three or four, like you're that's probably looking at like 29 and three. Even with a bad schedule, even with a bad schedule, three losses I think is an at-large team. But then I guess I, I'm I'm asking a little bit further here. Would you rather be an at-large team, or would you rather win a title? Win like a whack title, you mean? Yeah, win a whack title. I'd rather be an at-large team. I'm gonna be honest. I, I think it would be. I think it would be better for the program, like as a whole. Oh, dude! Like the glory. Of I don't all. know. I, the glory would be like okay. The experience of winning another WAC Vegas would be really cool. But I guess if the options are like. When Wack Vegas, hop in as a thirteen seed and get schlacked, or like genuinely like be a ten seed. You know what I mean, dude? Like, you're I feel not like that's a ten different. seed with a with a, with a with bad schedule. What are we getting? Florida got a nine. I, I literally said we have the like the easiest schedule in the WAC. Okay, the the lowest schedule easier than Tarleton's. First. The lowest at large seed is an eleven. I know. It would not be lower than an eleven. So I don't think thing. we would actually be an, an at be an large 11. team. Okay. Okay, if we beat every team in the SWAC and the MIAC in the non-conference, you think we would be an at-large team? If that was our entire non-conference schedule? It's hard. Genuinely, it's hard to say. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, dude. I don't know. I mean, like, at some point, like, yeah, like, at some point, like, not a lot like, okay. Yeah, I do. Because, like, realistically, like, even good teams can lose to those teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right, fair. okay. Like, uh, if you play, like, obviously, like those conferences aren't very good. But if you're gonna play 15 games in a row against those teams, like, there's a lot of good tournament teams that aren't gonna win all those games. Yeah. So I think we'd still be in. Even with that, I think we'd still be in. We'd be in 11 at the lowest. I mean, 11 is the lowest for an at-large seed. Sure. Uh, I would love. I mean, I I'd rather be in that situation. I think it would put GCU more. It would it would make GCU more. I don't know. Respected. I think. Sure. Sure. What are the odds the GCU gets a power five win next season? Um first of all I don't you, gotta, know, it depends on the, you gotta get a power five game. Schedule. It depends on the schedule. Yeah. I imagine, I mean, I imagine we'll have an we'll probably be in a tournament with an opportunity for that. Yeah. And then I also could see it happening in a Colangelo classic. Although we don't like to schedule power fives. We like to schedule top mid-majors in that. Just yeah. traditionally, we North Texas, Nevada. We Fair. like to schedule top mid-majors and then let other power fives play. But I think like realistically, yeah, here's the thing about GCU, which I don't know if this is good or not. I think GCU is now too good to be a buy game, you know, And mm-hmm. we've kind of seen that the last couple of years. like sure. gone are the days where like we're playing like, GCU, Duke. Yeah, we're too good to be a buy game because we're actually kind of a trap game, you know. Like the yeah. odds are too high that we could actually win a game against a Power Five that it's no longer a free win. And I think because of that, we're not going to see that like we did the first couple of years and like a lot of other mid-majors see like smaller mid-majors, obviously. Right. Because like it's that's just the way it goes, like good mid-major teams like power fives don't want to host good mid-major teams. If they're going to host a good team, they might, as, they might as well play a power five because it's just better for the resume. Yeah. Um. So that's I think the issue is realistically outside of whatever pr- will probably be in a preseason tournament that will have a couple And then outside of that, I genuinely don't know if we're going to get another Power 5 game. So that's what's hard. Sure. Hey, on the same line of thought there, it's crazy that we hosted Louisville. That is crazy. I'm just thinking about that. Is there anybody who listens who has a source on how or why that actually happened? Because that just seems like like it's such a foreign idea, foreign concept. GCU hosted a Power 5 team. Not just a Power 5 team. I believe they were 16th in the 18th at that point. That'll never happen again. His hey, Zach. That was wild. Yes, sir. Hey, do you know what time it is? Um, uh, no. Trivia time! Cool, man. It's been a while since we've... It has. And I'm not going to keep score on this one. I feel like we need to start keeping score when the season starts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah or maybe a- have an off-season score tally. Yeah. Oh hey God. Zach, yeah. UConn captured its fifth national title earlier this month. Yeah. What other schools have won five or more national titles in Division One men's basketball? Oh, well, that's a good question. That's a really good question. UCLA. Okay. They have eleven. They're, yeah, they're yeah, they got a million. Uh, okay, I want to say Indiana has a bunch. Or it was a long time ago. Indiana. Indiana has, a has five. Yes. Okay. Uh. Okay those are the obvious ones that I, that I knew after that, it gets a little more tricky. Um, Cause there's teams like, like Villanova is one, of few, but I, I think they're all recent. I don't think they have five. Um, I'm inclined to say Kansas. Does Kansas have five? Keep going. Okay. Um, oh, uh, Duke. Duke has five. North Carolina. North Carolina has six. Okay. Yeah, I knew both. I forgot about those. So Duke, okay. I was looking, it's funny. I was, I was, I know this because I was looking at the chart. it It was at the time of the end of the tournament a couple weeks ago, it was like the big graphic you'd always see, which is is mm-hmm. UConn a blue blood, right? So and I guess <laughs> that's probably where you're going. Are you looking at that chart right now? No, I'm not, but i, okay. I that's kind of what gave me the idea. Yeah, so that was, I remember looking and comparing the resume of like, UCLA has got 11 titles, but none in the last like 30 years because they won, <laughs> they were like the best team on the planet before like the four colored television, you know? That's yeah. not actually true, but like basically, right? And the same thing with Indiana and then North Carolina and Duke have been crazy uh for a while. How many more teams are there? Are there two more teams or there's six? I'm not gonna tell you that. Dude. All right, but it's not. It's not six. I'll tell you that right. much. So we got Indiana, UCLA, Duke, North Carolina. There's no way it's another Pac-12 school. No. There's uh, let's see. Uh, we got. There's only two. There's not another ACC school. Like, not Villanova. Not Kansas. Uh, obviously, we're saying we're saying UConn is the the given. Uh, it's funny. Indiana is the only quote unquote. Blue blood that blue isn't blue. blue in color. Blue. Yeah. Drake is a huge fan of this school. Oh, He's dressed in their warm-ups. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. Is that the other one? Is that the only other yep. one? Kentucky oh, okay. has eight. All right. Kentucky yeah, has know. the second most. Hey, how yeah. many of those teams have won a title since 2000? U- UConn. Uh, there you go. UConn I, not, has won, UCLA UConn not, has won yeah. four since 2000. Yeah. Yeah, not UCLA, not Indiana, I think. I don't think either of them have. Uh, that's it. That's, North- that's it. Those two. Yeah, I was like, North Carolina has lost. Have they lost in the title twice? Uh, they've lost in it once that I know they of. Lost to they to lost to Villanova. Right? I don't think I they've like lost another time. since. Okay. N- not yeah. since my recollection, man. Uh, I think you're I, right. I remember the first, the first national title that I actually watched was, I want to say Duke Butler. Dude. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's the, the first one I remember watching. <clears throat> so Kentucky has won one is that, since two thousand. Gordon Hayward. Yeah, right? Dude. Gordon Hayward with his mop hair. Yeah, what a what a beast. Duke has won three since two thousand. Carolina has won three since two thousand. Yukon has won four since two thousand. The Huskies yeah. are the team of the generation. Yeah. My favorite stat personally that exists uh when when looking at like bracketology or like the like deciding who's gonna win is I think it's like for the last for the last like 17 years, 15 years, whatever, the national champion has been a one seed, a two seed or Yukon. <laughs> <Because laughs> UConn, I think Yukon, I think it's won it three times and as and a three seed like, or a four the, seed or yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've never been a top two seed. So it's like it's a one or a two or a Yukon is uh, going to win the title every <laughs> the year. And I think that's just really funny that UConn uh, has not has now done it, I think, a third time in the last, like, I don't know, two decades. Oh, yeah, so. dude. Well, UConn, honestly, was one seed material. In hindsight, obviously. But, I mean, dude, they had that really, really bad skid at the beginning of yeah. the Big East slate. Like, there were a lot of people thinking, like, is this team going to make the tournament? Uh-huh. Well, No, it was a crazy, like, the narrative around UConn has been so crazy this year because genuinely like several weeks into the season, it was like UConn is the best team of all time it was like, just like, no, I remember. And I you're not joking. You're not joking. I genuinely saw the, like you, this UConn team might be the best college basketball team ever. Like take, like that was a genuine take. And then they hit this crazy skid in the big East. Like where we said, we're like, see the UConn hype was way too high. They're not going to make the tournament. And then and then they they kind of rallied back and made the tournament. But I feel like even at the beginning of the tournament, they weren't that like hot of a pick. They like I feel no. like there wasn't like a big like UConn's gonna win it all like they're back narrative. I don't think that was there at the beginning of the tournament. Not really. I mean, I had them in the national championship, Dude, primarily good. because of matchups. But still, I mean, I didn't. Yeah. That was just based on hey, this might happen. This could happen. All this stuff. Yeah. I was never like, yeah, this is the team that's going to win it all. Granted, I picked Alabama, which screwed me because I was literally, Zach, I was literally in first place in a group of 800 people dude. until the final whistle of the tournament. Yeah, it was really tough. So That was really tough. UConn just too good, yeah. man. It really hurt, dude. It is yeah. what it is, though. Hey, speaking of our bracket challenge, do you want to give a special shout out to our boy who won? Yeah. Hey, John Mark won the bracket challenge. He was kind of rubbing it in the minute the whistle blew. (laughs) He was like, so do you want my mailing address so I can get that jersey from you? And I was like, bro, oh my gosh. (laughs) So yes, congrats to John Mark on winning the Gabe McLaughlin jersey. Yeah, man. Way to go. Hey, you and I made a little trip to Las Vegas, didn't we? Oh, we we did. That was you Speaking know. Speaking of UConn and their dominance, yeah, you know what? The quality of basketball that we got to watch not very good, but the especially trip was for the really fun, especially for the price we paid. Right, snack. right. It was, but it was expensive really tickets fun. they were. It was very yeah. Just to leave at the under eight media timeout with exactly. everyone else in the stadium. We were the first to leave of the big exodus that happened of Gonzaga fans, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> that was crazy like yeah just just domination honestly Yukon is just insane well you got to think like it was it was fairly close at half right seven points yeah i think that's what it was and and we had felt like Yukon was kind of steamrolling even though the margin wasn't that wide yeah i felt like they were going to run away with it i i hadn't really not a lot of expectation when it came to Gonzaga, especially when drew Timmy got into foul trouble and then yeah, the wheels funny. fell off the bus, but, <laughs> and, then, and then we took a lap around the stadium trying to find one place that was selling Gonzaga t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, and, and there weren't any. <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing my GCU one right now. Hey, March let's round. go. I wore it was to it the China's last dance one today. No, it's the like actual, uh, like the one they sold, like the March madness. Oh, it was the, nice. The March Madness, Road to the Final Four, Denver Regional, and then you know they had like a specific okay. one for each yeah. team. Yeah, it was like that one for GCU. Nice, dude. That's cool. Yeah. It was no, it was really sick. Um, hey, you know what's funny? Uh, sorry, unrelated, but like kind of related. Uh, so the NHL playoffs started yesterday, and those. of <laughs> My little joke is those of you that know me know that I'm a day one lifelong Seattle Kraken fan. <laughs> came out of came out of the womb. Of came Kraken out of, a of the womb a <laughs> Kraken fan uh like for those of you that don't know this is only the Kraken's second year existing and first year ever in the playoffs and i'm not a big nhl watcher but they're they have got a wild card they're playing the colorado avalanche who i guess is like really good and yeah they're uh, the defending champs bro yeah and the avalanche play in ball arena so yep. i was watching a little bit of the game and i was like yo like this place looks mad familiar and i was like i've been there that's crazy it was, it was cool. It was cool. A little to watch flashback. That. And, then the, and then the Kraken won game one. They took game one from the abs. And then you were and then you said yeah. on Twitter, yeah, undefeated yeah. in the playoffs. undefeated all time. Never yeah. literally never lost. Well, oh, you oh, didn't you didn't disclose that. You just said undefeated in the playoffs. Undefeated. And I was like, Yeah, the Celtics are undefeated in the playoffs. Yeah, it was a it was a fun, it was a fun trip to Vegas. Uh Yukon's just wild, man. You are built different. Dude, that, that that trip was crazy though. Like yeah. the fact that we, what what time do we finally leave Phoenix? Eight eight thirty, oh, and then as we're driving bad. up Highway ninety three past Wickenburg, it's like, oh yep, sorry, there's a wreck that has both lanes closed. So mm-hmm. we added an hour to our trip, and the whole time, the whole time, you and Austin were arguing with me about, dude, maybe I shouldn't even bring this up because I will get absolutely fleeced by pod listeners. <laughs> dude yeah you got so i, I air imagine air. most of these people are from phoenix you guys were saying that phoenix is the most or arizona is the most cursed sports state in like all of sports i really wasn't having it and that conversation lasted an yeah. hour and a half it did it literally no it was actually really great because that drive would have been really boring and instead we like yeah about to i don't know talk about that yeah. i i do like the point was like minnesota's more cursed and like honestly okay no i said they were more miserable like because mi- they yeah. have to live in minnesota i guess i would i would see that point minnesota sports are pretty miserable yeah yeah they're pretty miserable mm-hmm. uh i think my my kind of running theory right now is that mm-hmm, it, that matt ishbia has broken the colangelo curse so remember my my thing that mm-hmm. i told you is the the curse the the Arizona sports curse began after uh for those of you that are podcast listeners and weren't in the car with us in Vegas I'll, I'll re- kind of recap my argument for why I think Arizona sports are cursed. The Diamondbacks won the World Series in 01. It was our only uh men's pro- um, men's professional sports title. I'm gonna qualify that because the Mercury have a million. And I don't want anyone freaking out the Mercury have a bunch. Um, but, uh, the Diamondbacks won at no one and Jerry Colangelo was the owner. And then there was, there was a lot of controversy in the following years, because basically the Diamondbacks are a pretty small market team. And, uh, you know, when you're kind of small, especially in a sport like baseball, where there's no salary cap, when you're a small market team, you you don't have a very long window. The Diamondbacks had a short window and they hit their window. They won. And so kind of the pressure there was, okay, we won. Now we had to cut cap and like try to make money. And Colangelo basically was like, no, I want to keep winning because winning's really cool. And it didn't go very well. And ultimately, Colangelo kind of ended up leaving both the Dynamax and the Suns. And my, my kind of like running theory is that like this is the Colangelo curse because Arizona sports have chosen money over winning. And now we will never win again. And so this year, Robert Sarver, the Suns owner, who has long been a hated member of the Suns or of Arizona sports, like all my homies hate Robert Sarver for many reasons for... Basketball reasons and non-basketball reasons, and so he's gone. Matt Ishbia, former Michigan State basketball player, played under Tom Izzo. He is the new, he's the new owner of the Suns, and this year, uh, Al McCoy, who's the famous Arizona, uh, Arizona basketball radio announcer, he's the voice of the like basketball arcade video game. Mm-hmm. The he's kind of the one who coined the like "shazam." He's that guy. <laughs> um, he's retiring this year; it's his last year, which is like really cool. And there was a halftime, like, kind of like, like, thing, like, to commemorate him. And they brought out Jerry Colangelo. To, Matt oh. Ishmael, he brought out Jerry Colangelo to, like, speak and, like, thank him. And, like, the two of them so together. they the they had, out like, of the, the closet. They had, like, the Al McCoy jersey because they put him in, like, the Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. And Colangelo and Ishbia were both there with Al McCoy. And I felt, like, this is it. The curse is broken. So if the Suns win it this year, it's because of that. Matt, Matt Ishbia knows. All right. Well, Suns aren't going to win it. I know. Hey, let's talk transfer portal. Yeah, yeah. Oh um, man, a lot of we're gonna have a lot of new faces uh, next year. A Couple, let's. I guess we can start with the the current roster: who's leaving, who's staying, and then and then get into additions well, i will just I will just start with who's leaving, okay? So first of all, we are losing Noah Bauman and Walter Ellis to graduation. Um, so hey, props to those guys on finishing their education. um maybe we could see them playing in Europe or something like that. but uh, all the best to those guys and then to the transfer portal, everybody's favorite thing, I believe the first person to announce transfer portal was Aiden E. Gahan, yeah, yeah. and he just so happens to be the first one to have announced his his commitment. Right, he's he's sticking in the whack. He's heading to, uh, Abilene Christian. Um, it's tough, but so that's tough. All, all the best for him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was it's been a tough season for him. Obviously, he was kind of the 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 off the bench guy uh, after YO. He didn't he didn't get a lot of minutes. It's he's he's just like, obviously. You know, really, really highly recruited top 100 player in his class recruited out of Louisville. Very, very athletic. And I think that's what you see with him is like, dude is just very athletic, but like just certain I don't know, like certain elements of this game just aren't there, Uh, even though like he certainly has the athleticism to be a really good player. So we'll see. Um, We'll see if he if he continues to develop with ACU. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching him play. I'd love to see that. For him, obviously not against us, but well, and I believe he uh, only but, has one year of eligibility left. So that's true. That's true. hoping he has a good year, but the two games he plays against GCU are more. Let's hope he uh, doesn't, you know, yeah. tip the scale yep. one way or the other. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so good luck to him. He's headed to Abilene Christian. Um, After him, I believe the next one was Chance McMillan. Yeah. So the Chance McMillan, like that one. This has been crazy. Tore, I mean, torn so me up like, to my core. He it was tough. I mean, so yeah, chance going is tough. Um, we we kind of knew it was like I guess like to some extent, like we saw we saw it coming. The thing about the Lopes this year is like, especially on the guard front, like there's just too many mouths to feed, man. Like looking at coming back, you have you got a plot, yeah. Javon coming back, Ray, uh, who we'll talk about in a little bit, presumably will probably be coming back. Um and then like and then you have Baker, but you had Baker, Knox. McMillan, presumably for that last starting spot. All five of those guys, I think, are, are good enough to start on, on on other teams. And I think that's what we're seeing is just, you know, the talent is there. Uh and, and after the success they've had this year, uh, they they want a bigger role. And I, I completely understand that. Um, and and you know, but what chances chances of them uh visiting and posting pictures on Twitter in the jerseys of a lot of power fives. Uh, we know he was at, he was at Utah. He was at Colorado. I think he's at, was he at Texas tech or A&M? Just or one those Texas tech, yeah. Yeah. Texas tech. So, I mean, he's, he's visiting all the power fives. I, I don't know where he'll land yet, but uh, you know, I mean, I'd love to see Chance McMillan uh, do well. He's one of my favorite lopes. He has been for a long time. He's part of two are both of our NCAA tournament teams. So yep. uh, obviously he's, he's kind of, for me, he's like a lope for life. Like wherever he goes, I'm going to be a Chance <laughs> McMillan fan. Yeah, no, it's actually funny. Like literally the week before the NCAA tournament, I think it was it was in between WAC tournament and NCAA tournament. We were talking about these guys. And I said, I think Chance McMillan's gonna stay around for life. And and here's where I I struggle with it is we obviously saw tremendous improvement from him this year. And with the whole, you know, too many mouths to feed, I get that. We do have We'll talk about Ray Sean Harrison in a little bit, but we also have Javon Blackshire coming back for his, his final season. The way I see it is we don't know what we're gonna get from Javon. He's coming off an ACL injury. In addition to that, the improvement from Chance McMillan proves that I think he could be in that rotation to a point where he could be a starter in that. Yeah. You know, theoretically. But I could see him being very successful at another high mid-major program. I just fear for him that if he goes to someplace like Texas tech, that he's not going to get the minutes that he wants. Now, if he were to go to like Colorado or Utah, I think he could be playing significant minutes, but for me, I, and and I'm not chance McMillan, so I can't speak for him, but for me, I want to go somewhere where I feel like I can win in addition to playing a lot. And Mm -hmm. I just don't think you're going to get that at a Colorado or a Utah. Yeah, I, I'm almost certain you're not going to get that. Right. Texas Tech is a different situation because, you know, being in the Big Twelve. Granted, they were horrible this year, but being in the Big Twelve, you got to rebuild, and that team could be pretty decent depending on how they do in the transfer portal this off season. We could see Texas Tech back in the field next year, so you never know. But yeah, I, I, I just I just hope that wherever he ends up, he's playing a lot and he's winning. Yeah. So I'm with you there. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I think the next guy would have been the big man, YO, which was a shock to me. Wait, really? What do you mean, really? YO transferring is a shock to you, yeah. Oh, I mean, he was literally he played so much when he, he wasn't did. injured, he was in there a significant amount. Yeah, he was the main guy when it came to down low, especially defensively. We talked about it at length throughout the season of how important he was as a, as a defensive anchor for the team. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think that would have changed in the off season, unless he got some kind of tip off that we were going to be, you know, fishing for some big guys in the off season. So I don't know, but. Right. What um do we, we haven't heard anything about where he's going yet. Have we? No, I, I saw a few, like, I saw one of those things where it's like, Hey, he's gotten, interest from these schools one of them being montana which i found funny but that would um, be funny if he if he ends up transferring which you know when it comes to the transfer portal a lot of these guys might just end up returning to where they're right i mean that's always that's that's the thing is it's not a guarantee that a guy's leaving if they join the portal exactly Um, but if he if he ends up leaving gcu it'd be cool to see him go to montana um yeah Regardless. I think I think if he does leave, we're going to have a serious problem. At, at, like we're going to need to no get something going from the portal at the five because like realistically, like as much as I love the like McLaughlin, Bauman, big man lineup, we need to have a big man we can rely on. Like obviously like we can have small ball lineups with McLaughlin at the five at times, but we need to actually have a center on our team. And we have the, oh, what's his name? Armenhauser Hauser coming up. Yep. Uh, and then we have I, Isaiah Carr. Yeah, I've heard. I don't know. Maybe I maybe like I shouldn't speak on this until I see him play. I've heard some concerning things about Armin Hauser so far about his as? health, just about his health. He's he's already uh I think he's already dealing with a lot of injuries in his senior year of high school. He can't okay. stay healthy, um, which is which is concerning for like a tough. You know, high schooler. Um, yeah. So I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But even then, like him and Cars, uh, our other center, who. I think Carr can be pretty good. Uh, he, I mean, he obviously got like very, very limited minutes this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I but, feel like uh, he burned his red shirt unnecessarily for no reason. Yeah. Well, yeah. we also thought Wyatt was going to miss a lot more time than he did. It's true. Um, that is true. So that, I mean, that just sometimes is the way it goes. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah. 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 So it'll be tough if he ends up going. Uh, we're going to obviously need to replace him with losing him. Andy Gahan. Uh, it's going to be tough. Um, yeah. Hey, I think that just leaves us with with one. Yep. Kobe Knox. So what have you heard for, from about Kobe? I Knox? have heard nothing whatsoever. Okay. So this Here's leads me to believe him. that this is another one where we still might end up having him. He was a shock to me. You want to know where he's on his official visit right now? Where is he at? North Texas. Oh, my gosh. He's at UNT right now for his official visit. Okay, well. Props yeah. to him. Hey, I just, that one was a shock to me a little bit because he's so stinking young. Granted, he was a freshman this year, but this was his second year in the program. He redshirted his first year. Yeah. Um, it, It's just, these kids are leaving so early. Kobe Knox was awesome. And I feel like he, he might deserve that development at somewhere that's a little bit more resource heavy. Yeah. I don't know that north texas is the answer yeah well are they one of the teams staying in no they're leaving that conference where are they going though i'm pretty sure they're going Not to the West? american american that's an upgrade like that's definitely an upgrade playing it in definitely american. is yeah it definitely and is. That north texas team's good they were good yeah. this year so i get it i guess like i think i don't know i wonder and i've said this all year long which is i wonder to what extent Knox's expectations are higher because his brother's in the NBA you know what I mean you never know yeah yeah but I I just I always wonder like if that's the goal and if so coming off the bench at GCU probably isn't going to get you to the NBA sure (laughs) but but the, the reason that it shocks me is because of all the transfers that were already happening you know yeah. I think this was after Ray made his announcement. It might've been before, regardless, you have chance leaving. You have Walter Ellis leaving. You have, um, who else did we say? I gay Han and gay Han's a big man. So that really didn't make a difference. But the guards, uh, I mean, the guards next year, it's like, well, I mean, this is do these the guys not way. talk to each other? Do they not just say like, yeah, I, I think I might be transferring or might be, no, I, I you know weighing they, I'm my sure options, do. But, but it's like, what, what's going on here? Okay. We yeah. We're so, losing wait, here's, so many people. here's the thing, though. Regardless, regardless, presumably you're gonna have Blackshear and Harrison, mm-hmm. right? Which mm-hmm. means best case scenario, Knox is guard number three. That's theoretical, though. I I, I mean it is, but they're though not really like those guys are gonna be here. Okay. Um, yeah. So we'll see where Knox ends up going. He's on his visit to North Texas, or he was a couple days ago. Um. The last one's Ray Harrison. We've been kind of cryptic about him. You guys probably already know. Uh, Ray Harrison is declared for the NBA draft, Mm -hmm. which I think is really cool. With the intent Um, to keep his eligibility. With the intent to keep his eligibility, um, which I think will end up... I I think the most likely thing is, uh, you know, I don't mean to be pessimistic, but I don't think Ray Harrison is going to get drafted. And I think we will see him back in a GCU uniform next year. But that is my... I, I don't think he'll transfer. I think he will either get drafted or come back to GCU. And I just don't think he's going to get drafted, unfortunately. I mean, you know what? I'd love to see that. Like, if he leaves because he gets drafted, like, good for him. Okay with me. I will buy his jersey, whatever team he's on. Like, Ray Harrison is the man. Uh, I don't know though. Yeah, I don't know. What, what's your take on that? Well, the way I see it is there's really two realistic possibilities and then two unrealistic possibilities. Um, the two realistic ones I would say are he either plays overseas or in a sub NBA level here domestically. Yeah. Um, You know, getting a paycheck to play G league. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or he'll be playing for GCU next year. I would say those are the ones that are highly right. possible. I agree. And then the other ones that are highly unlikely gets drafted into the NBA, like you said, or transfers <laughs> right now, no dig on Ray Sean. You know, he's young, he's he's still developing, he's got a lot of work to do, even as great as he is. I don't know that he's an NBA talent. So yeah, it's pretty unlikely that he'll even, you know, you know, sign as a free agent or something like that. And then the transfer situation, um, he's already transferred in, obviously, as we know. And if he were to desire to transfer again, he would have to sit out a year. Yeah. Basically, seems unlikely. To yeah. Me so to that's pretty unlikely. Now, I, yeah. here's here's where I I'm a little uneasy about being optimistic about him coming back to GCU. Mm -hmm. I am not very in tune with our NIL situation. Yeah. And I'm curious as to whether playing overseas or, you know, in a G league situation or something like that, if that would be more fiscally reasonable for him than, you know, playing another year in college. So that's where I'm uneasy about it. Um I'm really teetering between the two. I'm not completely hopeless on him coming back to GCU. I could definitely see it. I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but also I wouldn't be surprised if he was playing overseas or, you know, somewhere domestically playing for a paycheck. So, yeah, I don't know. I I have a hard time. It's funny. I have a hard time seeing him going overseas with college eligibility years left. Sure. I I do think there's the path though, that like we've seen this historically guys go uh, good mid major players. Who, who, you know, mid-major players don't get the recognition they deserve. Good mid-major players go in the draft, don't get drafted. And then the process is then, even if you don't get drafted, the odds are very good that you will still get an NBA Summer League contract. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I think it's super reasonable that Ray Harrison would be on an NBA Summer League team, you know? Yeah, I like totally Holland Woods him. did that. Yeah, I could totally see him getting on an NBA Summer League team. And then from there, right? Uh, I can definitely see him getting a G league spot. And, and like, yeah. so that's the other option too, is, is like, that's, that's a path. I think that like, it's, it just seems uncommon that with years of college eligibility, especially with, I mean, he's declared for the draft. It seems like his, his goal is to get to the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I think that a better path to the NBA, and maybe I'm wrong. I think a better path to the NBA is, one more year of college instead of going overseas. You have a point I don't, there. I don't think very often... I mean, obviously, overseas players is a different thing, like European players are coming over here. But I don't think very often we see a college player not get drafted go to Europe and then make it back to the NBA. I don't think that's very common. I think it's more common to do the, like... to do the, like, summer league, G League circuit and come yeah. up that way. Um, so that's, yeah. that's my... I guess, like... And, and, you know, like you said, I think whether he goes pro or whether he comes back i I won't be surprised either way i will be surprised if he transferred i will be surprised if he gets drafted um but i think what will happen most likely is i think he will come back for one more year and then he will officially declare for the draft again and then i i i don't know if he'll get drafted or not but i think if he doesn't then he'll he'll do the like summer league g league and try to work his way up there okay um but that's that's my thoughts on ray um obviously like he was really incredible for us this year. Uh, I want to see him succeed no matter what, uh, mm-hmm. wherever he goes. If he stays here, that's really great. If he gets drafted, I, I will, like I said, I'll be cheering for whatever team he's on. Uh, if he goes overseas, I'll be cheering for him. So whatever Ray does, we'll, we'll be cheering for him. We love that guy. Yeah. Um. But Yeah. Yeah. Hey, on an unwack related note, or sorry, on a whack related note, but an un-GCU related note, mm-hmm. um, Shamir Bogues, the Tarleton guard, transferred to Vermont today. Which I think is kind of big. Really? Oh. Yeah. Shamir Bogues is pretty good, and and Vermont obviously, uh, I think they're a solid team. Traditionally, the best team coming out of their conference, in the, in the unless teams, you know right? UMBC, you know knocks well, them out. Even right? that year, they weren't. UMBC wasn't the best team in their conference. Yeah, it's true. Um, but but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, Vermont's good. Uh, oh. The catamounts, right? The catamounts. Yeah, they're awesome. They're solid. They're like they're like notoriously a team that's like a 13 seed that is a threat to pull an upset. Sure. They they dominate the American East every year, um. But yeah, so um. Other than that, um, who do we have coming in? Well, let's see. So, just just what I'm trying to. Think, what does that leave us with? Obviously, we've said Blackshear coming off the injury will be great to see him back. Ray Harrison is the question mark, like we just addressed. Will he be back? It depends on how things go with the draft. Uh, Gabe McLaughlin is coming back, as far as we know. Um, there have been rumors. There have been rumors that he would hit the transfer portal. I know we've seen kind of several things about that. Uh, But as far as it looks like right now, it looks like he's returning, which is really great. I mean, obviously, I I think as this season's gone along, like he's become my favorite guy on the team. And I I don't know if that's a shared podcast opinion, but that's certainly my personal opinion. Uh, But he's just the man. Um, So we'll have definitely Blackshear and him. That's a good way to build. Josh Baker. I haven't heard anything about him, so I would assume yeah. he's coming back. Um, so that's a nice little core. Yeah. Uh, I genuinely don't know if we have any other players. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> Carr and Shaw. Yep. Um. And then, yeah. What's his name? He didn't Mike. play at all this year. Michael, Jared, Michael, something like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and that leaves us with one, who I am saving for the very end. The Do you legend. know about this already? Logan Logan Land- Landers baby let's go Logan <laughs> Landers okay listen he just this had a happen, birthday didn't he if this doesn't happen that's fine and just we'll forget that I ever said this but this is this has potentially be my favorite thing ever okay, okay. Do you want to know what the word on the street is about Logan Landers what's the word on the <laughs> street the rumor is, this is like so comical I just can't believe it Logan Land the rumor is Logan Landers Will be returning to GCU next year, but not to play basketball. Oh my god! But to play baseball. Okay, <laughs> that's not even a joke. I exactly. genuinely. And you know why I'm laughing about this? Because this <laughs> lit- literally happened to the University of Montana. This guy Marcus Knight, he was a stud in 2019 as a rusher, and then he tore his ACL during the COVID games. And then last year he tried the to like COVID make games. his. Because we had two spring games during the COVID season, right? And so he tore his ACL during that season. Last season, he's coming back, you know, a little bit, um, playing some significant minutes, not getting a lot of rush yards. He enters the transfer portal at the end of this season and then announces he's staying at Montana to play lacrosse. Dude, genuinely, yeah. So – like, Logan, there was a picture circulating of Logan Landers in, like, a GCU baseball, like, GCU baseball threads. There's okay. pictures, there's video servicing of him throwing, throwing them in baseball around. So, I don't know. I mean, like, that's just, like, that's just goofy. Like, that's just really goofy, man. That I'd love great. to see Logan Landers in a baseball jersey. I would um, love to see him in a basketball jersey balling out, dude. Dude, that's what I'm saying. A whack preseason um, yeah. player of the year. Yeah, dude. Um, no, that would be, that would be cool. Um, So, with that, like, that's the team we have now. Uh, we talked a little bit about Noah Armenhauser, who's uh, one of our like maybe he's our only freshman we have coming up, uh, from what I'm aware of. Yes, um, so that'll be cool. He's a seven footer. Uh, he's a local guy, right? Yeah, go West Valley somewhere. Oh, yeah, he is an Estrella Foothills guy. Okay, out in Goodyear. So he's a seven footer out of Estrella Foothills. Um, you know we're we're excited to have him. His only his offers were. He had two offers. It was us in Santa Barbara, who's a pretty good team. So oh, yeah, cool Santa Barbara was here. a tournament team. Yeah. We played in Denver play. too. I was I watched him play. Played in play Denver Bayway. against a Drew brother. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he chose here. That's really cool. Um, Australia Foothills is, is notoriously a pretty good sports team. Um, I, I haven't gotten to watch him play at all. Uh, I don't get to go to many high school basketball games. But uh so we'll have him. That'll be great. Um we also have one. We've landed one transfer so far as of Con, this you want, Sunday. You want to tell us? To tell yeah. Us so this guy? was yeah, this was the former number one Juco recruit. This is Tyon Grant Foster. Um, He played at DePaul recently. I believe that was his last team. And then he was at Kansas before that. He was actually a pretty significant contributor for can't from Kansas. From what I understand, in their yeah. title season, and then I believe last year dealt with some injury issues at DePaul. Um, it was he had actually, uh, yeah, he I think had some sort of heart issue. Oh, and really? Had like severe surgery and actually got a medical redshirt, I believe. While at DePaul, I think so. Yeah, because I think he okay. only played like one game. Yeah, um, that's from that's what I understand. So he's a JUCO. He's a, he's coming in as. Uh, an, he got an emergency redshirt as a junior, so he is coming in as a redshirt junior. Okay. Um. So, so that'll be. I mean, that'll be two years of eligibility. Has also already transferred. Yeah. Um. Big time recruit for Kansas. Um. Obviously. Uh. DePaul, unfortunately, didn't didn't get to play a lot. His season was kind of cut short by the emergency redshirt. Um but he was i mean he was a very highly recruited player in 2019 like he committed to Kansas he had offers from every you name them they offered him um so very highly recruited kid um someone said this is maybe the highest recruit like the highest ranked recruit we've ever gotten on the transfer portal i don't mm-hmm. know if that's true cuz egayhun was really highly ranked recruit yeah um so so yeah i mean we'll just see obviously like just with his story you know i'm, I'm rooting for this guy yeah. uh it'd be great to see him come back and, and play good basketball mm-hmm. and uh yeah he's a six seven small forward yeah um that's we awesome. kind of we kind of need a forward i don't know i don't know as far as like the type of game he plays i don't know if he's a shooter but like maybe he's the guy that's going to fill that noah bauman role sure um as like just a I don't know but but yeah it'll be good it'll be good to to see him pull ball out uh, i'd love to see love to see him succeed yeah Honestly, aside from GCU, the, the real big news around the WAC, um, I guess the remaining WAC, because there was some big news with Sam Houston State and New Mexico State. However, yeah. with when it comes to the WAC, you know, Mark Madsen leaves Utah Valley for Cal, yeah. and then all yeah. of a sudden, all these Utah Valley guys enter the portal. Now, yeah. the big one there was Aziz Bandago, and he enter, entered the transfer portal, but ended up saying that he was going to stay at Utah Valley. So that was actually big news for, for UVU. Hey, there's a, Oh, all right. So the GCU rumor mill, you want to know who I'm the name I'm hearing for GCU. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think this will be really good. Like we said, uh, biggest needs for this team right now, I think is a big man. Um, If, if, if guards stick around, uh, we're, we're really good with uh, black uh, Ray and then Baker. Um, yeah. So, and then obviously Gabe at the four, I think we're all good with Gabe at the four. The name I am hearing, uh, Southern Utah Center. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Utah, uh, Spurgeon. Is that his name? Yeah. Jason Spurgeon. He's the name. uh, He's the name I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, he's really solid. I think he's good. I think he's really good. I think he bodied Y.O. when we played them. You know who would be really cool if we got? Who? Donovan Klingon from Yukon. Oh, yeah. Or, or Adamas and Nogo. That'd be really cool. So, Zach, when it comes down to it, and I think this yeah. should be our last little discussion yeah. on on the WAC and GCU, who do you think runs the WAC next season? Because for me, it comes down to, I think, probably three squads. Gosh, I mean, it's just easy to say us, you know? Yeah. But it was easy to say us at the beginning of last year, too, and then look what happened. Yeah we were the five know. seed yeah uh who do you think i'm thinking of right now for the top utah three Valley. i'm utah actually Valley not This to be crazy I, I i can't think of anyone else genuinely i don't uh yeah who are you thinking of so i'm thinking us southern yeah. utah and yeah. Stephen f austin oh not for any particular reason if i'm honest yeah. but Maybe, I think Utah yeah, Valley maybe. could be grouped in there too especially when yeah, ben, with Bango I mean, returning but yeah I think I think I don't think we're going to see genuinely I don't think we're going to see like someone running the whack. I think we're going to see what we saw this year. Yeah. Which which I think was really good like genuinely and uh, maybe I'm biased because the Lopes ended up like winning it, but like even in the regular season, we saw a lot of parity. Like we saw a really competitive conference. We saw good teams like We saw like the top teams losing on any night to all sorts of teams. And I think that makes for good competition. Obviously there's a top tier. I I think, I think the way it'll be is there's going to be the top tier of GCU's same teams that were this year, right? Southern Utah, Utah Valley, Stephen F. Austin, GCU, right? Those are gonna be the top tier. And then that middle tier of like teams that are also good, but can beat them, you know, like the uh, Cal Baptist, Abilene Christian, uh, and then teams like uh, teams like Tarleton, who knows what they're going to look like next year? You know, do you think uh, Seattle's going to be a top of the top of Utah the table Tech, team? Seattle U? No, I think they're in that middle tier. I think Utah Tech, Tarleton are like the question marks, and then like Seattle, Cal Baptist, Abilene Christian is that? I think that's second tier of like good teams, teams that can definitely beat the top teams, but not in that tier. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what Seattle U is going to be. We'll have to see. I I don't actually know. I don't know what they're going to be, but I don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm just a Seattle U hater now after this season, honestly. What's yeah. funny is I actually kind of didn't mind like I kinda like Seattle U. Like historically. They're not they're a whack team that generally I like more than a lot of other whack teams. But just the way this season went was so amusing to me. <laughs> and listening to just like just them being so overrated all preseason and then them talking so much trash and then we beat them in the tournament and win the whack is just like yeah, the like, one that right. mattered. It was, it was, yeah, just like don't talk to me, please. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Okay, I'll try cool. to hold the animosity towards them. Yeah. I'm not going to try very hard. Hey, let's, he- let's head into uh, into some listener questions for the last few minutes here. Oh, yeah. I'll ask this one to you, Zach, okay? This one comes from our boy Caleb Duarte. There's a couple of questions here. How would you rank each of the Wack Vegas games in order when it comes to most fun to watch? This is hard because I didn't watch most of them. Because I had tennis. Oh my gosh! Um, you're right. You're so right. Then maybe I should answer this. Yeah, you're you you're mean. like championship game. That was the only game I saw. Genuinely, it's the only game I watched. Yep. I, exactly. Watching the other games. Okay. So for me, I think you have to put the championship game at the top. I don't know that I enjoyed it as much, but it was a blowout. It wasn't good. Game. Well, then it was really. It was late at night. It was super quiet at the house that I was at watching it. I was just like, I, I want to be screaming and yelling, but people are sleeping here, so. But, you know, we won the championship, so you got to put that at number one. Number two, easy Seattle U. Mm -hmm. I loved watching that game. It was nice to get our revenge on them, especially after experiencing firsthand the beatdown that we took at GCU Arena on senior night and only scoring 13 points in the first half. Sam Houston State, number three. I think that's a close one with number two. But, you know, we had already beaten them that year. I was shocked that we won that game. Mm -hmm. But, you know it was what it was. Yeah. And then for the, I, which honestly was our worst game of the tournament, yeah. I would say I, against uh, UT Arlington. So... I completely agree with you. This is a great, this is a great <laughs> list. So yeah. Yeah. Almost, almost losing to Arlington in the first round is definitely the worst game. Yeah. The next question from Caleb is favorite moment from each game. Okay. Well, my favorite moment from the Arlington game was when the buzzer sounded. I don't remember much about that game except for the fact that I was really irritated that we weren't killing them. Um, the Seattle game. I don't know that there was a specific moment that I loved a lot. I just liked, watch, liked watching Gabe McLaughlin go off. Uh, I think at the point when he had like 25 or 26 points, and I realized this dude is literally going to beat his – his personal best from earlier this season. That was really exciting for me. And then I was like, "Hmm. Maybe I should I had a deal with Austin, which it didn't go through and I'm glad it didn't. But we had this like kind of a joke of a deal where we were like, "Hey, if the Lopes win the win the WAC tournament, then we're going to get GCU tattoos." And I was like, "Maybe I should just get Gabe McLaughlin's stat line from from the Seattle game tattooed." <laughs> um Sam Houston State game, man, it was so long ago. Well, I was, so we were, we were at my house and a couple of my friends who who go to school down in Bozeman, they came up and watched the game with us and their roommate was there. And I was, you know, being very animated. And then after we won, I pulled out my big JBL speaker and I was playing celebrate good times. And that was probably my favorite part of that game was mm-hmm. being excited that we were going to the title game. And then the championship Absolutely. game. Do you have a favorite part from that game? I do. And it's not like an of the game moment. I think here's what it was. My favorite. Okay. So like the, the, the story of this game was Southern Utah just pulled off the most ludicrous comeback of all time against Utah Valley in the semis. They were down. Oh my gosh. What were they down? They were down 23
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: minutes left in the game. Yeah. Yeah. 23 with eight minutes left in the game, and they came back and won. So GCU, the 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 situation about this game is GCU was up by like 16 for most of the game, but it never felt safe because Southern Utah just came back from 23 with eight minutes left. So uh, I remember the whole game being like, "This is literally like they did this against Utah Valley, like they're going to do it again." Uh, So it never felt safe. And then the the moment that it kind of settled in was with like a couple minutes left in the game when they subbed Ray Harrison out they subbed Ray Harrison out and put in the bench and then Ray Harrison and uh, coach drew had a, like a moment like an embrace Mm -hmm. as he was walking back to the bench. And that was the moment for me. I was like, wow. Like we really did. Like we won, we're going to win this game. Yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. Cool. All right, Zach, last question. All right. GCU player Mount Rushmore. Oh yeah. Yep. And why? And why? Okay. Obvious ones for me, uh, are, uh, Dwayne Russell and Josh Braun. I think those are like, I don't know. Like I, I think if you if you don't have those guys on your Mount Rushmore, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Sure. Um, my my other two, man. All right. So all right. I'm gonna go and maybe I'm biased. I'm gonna go Jerome Garrison. Maybe you're and, biased. Okay, I'm definitely <laughs> biased. I love that guy, man. He's the bad. And, and I'm gonna go Oscar Freyer. Okay. I think that, yeah, no, that's awesome. I I wasn't even thinking of Oscar Freire, but now I might have to put him in mind too. For me, it's Josh Braun and Dwayne Russell. I don't think there's anything that you could say against those guys. They really ushered us into the division one era really just made it quite exciting Um, for us youngsters coming in to witness GCU basketball and um, in front of like a Louisville crowd, like we talked about earlier, like, we don't have that success early on without those two dudes. So um, hats off to those guys. I think granted his, his time here has been short and we might get a little bit more of him, but I think Ray Harrison um, is clearly a guy that should be up there because he stepped up when Javon Blackshire went out and he proved that he was in my opinion, and the opinion of many Lopes fans, the best player in the conference. And I think he proved that on the court when it mattered in March, um, came out there and had a really solid game against Texas Arlington. Um, and then one of the most clutch performances as a Lope against Southern Utah in the championship game. So yeah. Ray Sean Harrison's up there for me. And then Oscar Frere, um a guy who was there for, for five years, you know, he was, a freshman when we stepped on campus for the first time and he was there all four years. We were um, struggled a little bit his fourth year there, but then was able to, you know, have a really good comeback with the Bryce drew the first season's uh, situation there helped lead that team to the WAC championship game and, and won that title. And then we went to the NCAA tournament and he was a huge part of that. So hats off to him Um, rest in peace. We know he's with the Lord, so he's up there. And then the guy I think who, Carved it all up. Put in the hard work. He is my favorite Lope of all time. Logan Landers. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the baseball. I'm not, I'm not oh, right. Right, you're right, you're right, <laughs> It would be Gerard Martin, dude. Yeah, dude. Now, if only he would come back and, and be on our coaching staff instead of Cal Baptist, the traitor. But... Dude, him and Rick Croy, that's a goaded coaching staff. I know, man. I know. You know, all, all, all love towards him. Um, Hoping the best for him. It'd be awesome to have him on our side, but... If there was anybody who I would want up there that isn't up there, I would say it's him. But regardless, yeah. anyways, I'm, I'm with you. It's good. That's a good list. My hesitancy with Ray, and I, I like, I love Ray Harrison. I agree with you completely. No. I have a hard time putting a guy on a school Mount Rushmore when he's only played there for one year. I, I get that, but like you said, we might we might have him for another year. You're right. You're right. So, I think that might that might change it for me. Sure. Yeah. depending on how he does next year. Hey, if yeah. he were to get drafted, do you think he would still be, do you think that would oh. usher him in? No, a that's Rushmore? a different thing. I think if he plays here for a year and then gets drafted, I think he's on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, that's, that's, a that's a different, that's a I very, think that's fair. yeah, a very different thing. Yeah. Do you have anything else, whack or GC related or anything you just want to get off your chest right now? No, dude, low up. I, I wish our baseball team would win some games. Dude, uh, yeah, but our tennis really team would win some games. Okay. All right. Well guys, thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate your, your listening. Um, we're excited for the next season coming up here. It feels like it's a long way out, but before you know it, we'll be tuning in to some GCU basketball. You might hear from us throughout the off season. Who knows? Just depends on how motivated we are to do it. But anyways, thank you again for your loyalty throughout the season for listening. Um, it's just really awesome to have built something of a little bit of a community here with, with when the whack podcast. And we're, we're really happy that we got through a whole stinking season doing it. So yeah, hey, that's, that's, really that's a huge awesome. accomplishment. Know, let's, let's go us. Hey, and then not only that, we won the whack while doing it. This we literally is- won the whack. We won the whack. We should just change the podcast name to won the whack. Hey, do you remember mid season when things weren't looking so good and we decided that we were going to be a track and field podcast? I do. That was pretty funny. So was good. it's a good thing that the tables turned a little bit. Anyways, yeah. thanks for tuning in once again until next time. Lopes up. Bye! Hey, sorry, I had a pause. Did you get me like a resistance intro? Is this video starting to be sneezing? Did you hear that? That like loud no sneeze. i did not. I sneezed so loudly into my microphone when you started. You want to run just <laughs> wanna run that back real quick and then we can put this in the bloopers at the end if it's on there. If it's if it's literally you talking to me, please throw <laughs> that in the last in the last 30 seconds. This right here. And then we'll actually okay. start. Okay. <laughs> let's get, let's get this thing going.